Brought to you by the TGEM Network. The podcast you're about to listen to is just about people coming together and sharing experiences and is in no way an advice show. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Real Talk with Strong Minds. The point of what I want to see with this podcast is people coming together to talk about real life struggles and how we can come together to help ourselves overcome them, as well as hearing and learning about mental health related topics. I'm Amanda Lambert, a registered health and exercise practitioner with a bachelor's of education and the founder and CEO of Strong Minds. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited about today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about the connection between physical health and mental health, how physical activity has positive effects on our mental health. We're also going to touch base about the physical and psychological benefits of exercise. We're going to talk about the five determinants of health, as well as the eight dimensions of wellness. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to improve our mental health. So I'm going to touch base on techniques to improve your own mental health, whether you're a business owner wanting to support your employees' mental health or just someone who genuinely wants to improve theirs. So the first thing I want to talk about is the connection between physical health and mental health. So how physical activity has positive effects on our mental health. So in our brain, exercise releases chemicals like endorphins and serotonin that improve your mood and it increases the size of the hippocampus which is the part of the brain responsible for memory and learning exercise pumps blood to the brain which can help you think more clearly it also increases the connection between the nerve cells in the brain so this improves your memory and helps protect your brain against injury and disease it can also get you out into the world so it can help to reduce any feelings of loneliness and isolation and can really put you in touch with other people It can also improve your sleep, which is important in many different ways. So how are they linked? So the association between mental and physical health are one, poor mental health is a risk factor for chronic physical conditions. Two, people with serious mental health conditions are at a high risk of experiencing chronic physical conditions. And thirdly, people with chronic physical conditions are at risk of developing poor mental health. So there are multiple associations between mental health and chronic physical conditions that significantly impact people's quality of life. Mental and physical health are fundamentally linked. Exercise has many benefits and not only for your physical health, but also for your mental health. If you exercise regularly, it can reduce your stress and symptoms of mental health conditions like depression and anxiety and help with recovery from mental health issues. Exercise also helps with just everyday life. So now I want to touch base a little bit about the physical and psychological benefits of exercise. So there are many physical benefits of exercise consisting of things like weight control, lowering blood pressure, reducing risk of diabetes and other chronic illnesses, and increasing our energy. And the big thing that, you know, I'm all about is prevention. Implementing physical activity can also help with a lot of prevention. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about the psychological benefits of physical activity. Implementing physical activity significantly helps with depression and anxiety. So exercise is a scientifically proven mood booster, decreasing symptoms of both depression and anxiety. So physical activity kicks up endorphin levels. And this is kind of like the body's famous feel-good chemical uh, produced by the brain and spinal cord that produces feelings of happiness and that euphoria feeling. 
Even just moderate exercise throughout the week can improve depression and anxiety, so much that some doctors recommend trying out an exercise regimen for these conditions before turning to medication. And this is what Strong Minds wants to achieve, where physicians and psychiatrists are prescribing exercise as medicine. And, you know, it's something that has been achieved and it's really amazing knowing that there are professionals that are really wanting to start prescribing exercise and to refer, you know, individuals to a health practitioner. And, you know, it it, it excites me that things are starting to go that way, but there's still lots of uh, things that we can do to improve that. Another psychological benefit of physical activity is that it decreases our stress levels. So another mental benefit of exercise is reduced stress levels, something that can really make us a lot happier. Increasing your heart rate can actually reverse stress-induced brain damage by stimulating the production of neurohormones like norepinephrine, which not only improves your cognition and mood, but improves thinking clouded by stressful events. So exercise also forces the body central and sympathetic nervous system to communicate with one another improving the body's overall ability to respond to stress. It also increases self-esteem and self-confidence. So from improving endurance to, you know, maybe wanting to increase our muscle tone, um, there's no shortage of physical achievements that come from regular exercise. All those achievements can really add up to boosting our self-esteem and the confidence that comes with it. It's really just one of many benefits of physical activity that boosts your body, mind, and spirit. I didn't really include weight loss in one of the improvements. Of course, that does happen with implementing physical activity, but I just really tend to look at other benefits that it does for our overall appearance rather than just focusing on losing weight. Another psychological benefit is it betters our sleep. So if you have trouble getting a good night's sleep, exercise can help with that too. Physical activity increases our body temperature, which can have a calming effect on the mind, leading to less restlessness and more shut-eye. Exercise also helps regulate your circadian rhythm. Our body's built-in alarm clock that controls when we feel tired and when we feel alert. It also boosts our brain. So from building intelligence to strengthening our memory, exercise really helps boost our brain power in a number of ways. So implementing cardiovascular exercise really creates new brain cells. It's a process called neurogenesis, and this improves our overall brain performance. It also prevents cognitive decline and memory loss by strengthening the hippocampus, which I kind of said a little bit earlier, which is the part of the brain responsible for memory and learning. Studies also have proven that physical activity significantly helps creativity and mental energy. So you can tell mental health and physical health are connected. Health is influenced by many factors and the World Health Organization, the WHO, defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. So the WHO also states that there is no health without mental health and I personally cannot agree with this more. I honestly just love that quote so much. Because health is influenced by many factors, it can be generally organized into five broad categories known as the determinants of health. So there are five social determinants of health, and the determinants of health are a range of factors that influence the health status of individuals or 
populations. At every stage of life, health is determined by complex interactions between social and economic factors, the physical environment, and individual behavior. They do not exist in isolation from each other. The determinants of health impact both chronic physical conditions and mental health. Key aspects of prevention include increasing physical activity, access to nutritious foods, ensuring adequate income, and fostering social inclusion and social support. This creates opportunities to enhance protective factors and reduce risk factors related to aspects of mental and physical health. The social determinants of health are interconnected and are put into five categories. Number one, there's genetics and biology. So this is like sexual identity, skin color, ethnicity, and age. Then we have health behaviors such as family habits, nutrition, diet, exercise, sleep, you know, safe sex practices, things like seat belts, car seats, smoking, drinking, and drug use. Number three, healthcare, like our healthcare literacy, medication adherence, healthcare policies, healthcare access, our quality of healthcare, our insurance coverage, and healthcare affordability. Number four, our physical environment, so such as housing, our living conditions, building materials, exposure to toxins, what our neighborhood is like, um, our access to transit, air quality, access to green spaces and parks, our water quality and soil quality. And then there's socioeconomic environment, so such as our friends, colleagues, neighbors, faith-based communities, family dynamics, parenting structures, our parenting skills, interpersonal relationships, generational wealth or generational poverty, community involvement, our house stability, trauma, our income, and our gender. So just remember that each category is a key factor in why it is so beneficial to have movements for our mental health, whether that's everyday life or at work. We might not be able to control some of these categories, but we need to focus on the things that we really can control. So for example, look at your work environment and see what you can do to improve your physical movement that will help with your everyday work life. So some examples could be like parking far from your work entrance or getting off the bus one stop early and walk the rest of the way. You can replace a coffee break with a brisk 10 minute walk. You can even ask a friend or a colleague to go with you. You can take an active lunch break break so you can go for a walk or a workout at your closest gym facility. You can get up and walk around after sitting for 30 minutes. You can sit on an exercise ball at your desk instead of a chair. This can really help build core strength. You can even do things like squat or lunge while waiting for your food to cook in the microwave if you do eat at work. You can take the stairs instead of the elevator. I really like this one and I really, you know, voice this and implement this even into the youth that I support where I say if you have the opportunity to take the stairs take them stand up regularly and take part in an exercise program at work or a nearby gym see if there's any extracurricular activities that are happening at work so for example joining a volleyball team or a softball team or even forming a walking group So the next thing I want to touch base on is the dimensions of wellness. So the term wellness has been applied in many ways. It is much more than just physical health, exercise, and nutrition. Wellness is multidimensional, including emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social. These are called the eight dimensions of wellness. Wellness is a full integration where we want to implement balance in these eight dimensions of wellness. Each dimension contributes to our own sense of wellness 
or quality of life, and each affects and overlaps the other. At times, one may be more prominent than others, but neglect of any one dimension for any length of time does have adverse effects on our overall health, especially our mental health. So now I just kind of want to talk about how we can improve our mental health and keep ourselves having balance. The first thing that we can do is value ourselves. So accept and forgive ourselves when we do something that, you know, might carry some burden. And if we can really try to value and forgive ourselves, you will really see how this can make massive shifts in your life. Start creating a vision for your future and take care of our bodies. Eating a variety of healthy foods and control meal portions is a really good habit to get into. We want to strive to reach and maintain a healthy weight, but we also really want to be compassionate with ourselves if we do end up gaining some weight that we weren't anticipating or the other way around if we lost weight that we didn't want to lose. So we really just want to be mindful of how we really talk to ourselves. Another thing that we can do is surround ourselves with good people. So strengthen current friendships and maybe contact an old friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time or discover new friendships. And something that's awesome about being an adult is that you can really choose who you want to be in your circle. You know, like you don't have to be friends with anyone that does not bring you anything but, you know, happiness and joy and things like that. So really assessing if you have toxic and negative people in your life, this can really affect your mental health. And when you have healthy and positive people in your life, things tend to be really great all around and great things tend to happen. This is so true. When you assess the people in your life and you feel like they're just bringing you down and they don't have, you know, their best interest at heart, you need to unfortunately cut ties with them. The best thing I ever did was did that exact thing. It was a really hard decision, but a lot of the girls that I used to hang out with did not have my best interest at heart. I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel like, you know, my ideas were valid. I essentially just didn't feel like worthy at all. And that is like the worst feeling that one can ever feel. But when you are friends with, you know, individuals for, it's like any relationship. I was friends with some of these individuals for like 10, 15 years. And it was a really hard decision. I remember, you know, experiencing a few years of just feeling like lonely because I had to almost like develop new friends and you know it was a hard decision but I honestly think it was the best decision I ever made the girlfriends that I have in my life are just so amazing like they just want the best for me and because I've experienced that I just want everyone to be able to experience that so it might feel like not the best situation having to you know, break ties with friends that you have developed a relationship with for years. But if I could tell my younger self anything, it would, I, I would have told myself to do it a long time ago. 
So the next thing that we really can do is also learn how to deal with stress. Some examples of this could be practicing stress management techniques or learning time management skills and discovering specific stress relievers. So this is something that could really help with how we can manage our stress levels. Another thing that we can do is quiet our minds. So this is a really important one. We're in a society where we go, 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 go all day long. So being able to quiet your mind is something that is recommended. So for examples of this could be spending time alone. That right there is a whole different, you know, podcast topic, but spending time alone took me a long, long time to be able to like get to that point. So if you aren't an individual that, you know, doesn't like to spend time alone, I get that, but there are definitely other things that you can do. You can meditate and join like even, you know, a yoga group. So if you don't want to do it by yourself, then you can at least, you know, be in a room with others, but definitely meditating regularly. The best thing I ever did for me was implementing yoga into my daily practice. It has significantly helped with even the things that I've mentioned before, like dealing with stress. So definitely implementing that. Another example on how we can quiet our minds is reading. I love reading. I have missed reading. So because of that, I've actually joined a book club and it is honestly like so fun because not only do we get to, you know, implement reading, but we also definitely get to what I had said before is discovering new friendships. So kind of, you know, has a few positive factors. And another thing that we can do is set realistic goals. So we want to set ourselves up for success, not failure. I always say this to even like the youths that I support, my clients uh, in presentations, that is huge. We really want to implement our SMART goals. So SMART goal stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. This is so important. If you are new to physical activity, we really want to implement setting ourselves up for success, not failure. Because when you are setting yourself up for a goal that's not really achievable, then you're going to get discouraged and then you might not want to try again. So it's really, really important to be able to um, implement SMART goals. We want to avoid alcohol and other drugs. So examples of this is we want to use alcohol in moderation, if at all. So we want to also try, if we are an individual who smokes, we want to try to quit smoking or continue to refrain from smoking or protect ourselves from secondhand smoke. And I know that this could be really difficult, but truly you have to like want to Um, you know, if you're an individual who we'll just use smoking as an example, if you are an individual who smokes, you won't be successful at quitting unless you're like ready. So you really need to, you know, be fully ready and committed to make this step in order to be successful. And again, it's kind of like going back to that smart goal, right? We want to set ourselves up for success, not failure. Another thing is get help when you need it. This is huge. So we want to learn to recognize early signs of illness. This will help prevent things from getting worse. So for example, if we had a broken leg, we would definitely go to the hospital. We would, you know, check into triage. We would wait. We would get assessed. You know, then we would probably have to wait a little bit longer, maybe get an x-ray, maybe wait a little bit longer. And then eventually we'd see a physician who would more than likely say we need to get a cast. You'd get a cast. You'd be in recovery for anywhere from six to eight weeks. 
So how is that really different like from our mental health? If we know that something is just not feeling right, we need to ensure that we feel like we can go to be able to get that help that we deserve. So I really want to, you know, emphasize that we need to get help when we need it. A lot of times, you know, people will wait until things are really bad and going back to that prevention component, if we can kind of see the early signs, we might want to get the help then so that we can kind of get back to living our everyday life quicker. So whether you are a business owner or an employee, if you implement these factors to improve your own mental health, your employees and coworkers will notice this and it will just improve the work environment altogether. So some techniques that I would suggest to working with your employees or bringing this up to your boss are incorporating a group challenge, doing weekly or monthly group challenges, doing some lunchtime walking challenges, or even encouraging to share information about tips to help with physical and mental health. Maybe join a health and wellness committee. And if there isn't one, start one. Start a walking group, offering an exercise program for your employees. So I hope that what I shared with you all today, you can gain some information on the connection between physical and mental health and really seeing how they are interconnected. And I really love that definition by the World Health Organization when they say that there is no health without mental health. That is so like huge in the development of strong minds and what we try to do for our community. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining. I had a blast sharing all of this information and I really do hope that you gained some, uh, some knowledge on some things that I touched on today. So until next time, thank you. And I hope to see you all back for episode five.